And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You are now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, Tashawn Reed, ready to break it down. Post-game edition after the Raiders' 31-26 win in Los Angeles over the Chargers. A nail-biter and a game that uh, came down to a couple of nice defensive plays from uh, Isaiah Johnson, a guy who had uh, just played 30 defensive snaps before Sunday all season. And uh, got called into action when Trayvon Mullen went down with an injury. And he made some nice plays early. And they kept testing him. They tested him on those final two plays. And uh, here was a guy that that showed he was ready for it. Yeah, I love the hand movement. I got both hands uh, at one point on that last play. And obviously, uh, he's a big physical guy. So my first question was, why hasn't he been playing more? I mean, uh, I I was impressed. And obviously, it's kind of cool that they... uh, you know, no, no right tackle, no left tackle. They lost Trayvon Mullen, lost Al Ingold, who watched the end of the game in the hospital. So they lost a lot more guys today, and still they came through in the end and won. So it's a, it's a big win. Yeah, I think Johnson showed, you know, obviously some of that size that we've been hearing about, or there's fan bases have been hearing out about for the last two years. You know, being being six two, I don't know if there's another corner. Maybe you know Mullen probably could, but making a play on, on both of those jump balls, you know, it's pretty tough. And if he's a couple inches shorter, maybe he's not able to make those. And, you know, it's been a, a weird process for, for Isaiah Johnson. You know, he had a lot of hype after, you know, going into the, the season last year, but he got hurt. And this year we we figured he would play a little bit more, but he's been kind of missing in action. They randomly threw him at safety in one game. And now he's finally, you know, out of necessity being thrown in at cornerback. And so, I would imagine that after this, he would be more involved, even once, you know, Mullen and Arnett are, are back healthy. Yeah, I think the the last time they really tried to use him was against the Chiefs, but they put him against uh, Travis Kelsey, who obviously is really hard to guard. And he, he didn't play too well against Travis Kelsey, so, and then he kind of disappeared from the lineup after that. But I mean, you know, sometimes you need experience, and he just doesn't have that many snaps throughout his career. So this was probably the most he's ever played, and he made some plays like we, we talked about, and Maybe when Mullen does come back and Arnett comes back, maybe they do plug him back into that role as a, a, t- a tight end stopper type of role and, and see how he does there because obviously, you know, he, he made some plays on uh, some jump balls against the Chargers. So it's uh, good for him. Yeah, you look on that final play, he's going up against Donald Parham, uh, six foot eight. Uh, the play before, six foot four, Mike Williams. I mean, those are not easy guys, uh, big size. It's not like he knocked the ball away on those passes. Uh, those are plays where it just goes to show that being there in the right position and continuing 
to play the ball all the way through the catch. I mean, the, these guys got to got to come to the ground with the ball. And in both situations, guys had opportunities to to bring that ball in. And it was the fact that he just kept at it with the play uh, and really just kind of showed his tenacity. Also got to add that on the second to last play, Williams got hurt. He left the game. That's why they brought Parham in. So you wonder if Williams had stayed in, how the rematch would have gone. But, you know, the Raiders got some breaks today and they, they had some good pressure, which I think they go hand in hand. So when you apply pressure, uh, good things happen for you. It wasn't like they just had a crazy game like the Chiefs game, but they had a couple of sacks and I think seven quarterback hits. And uh, the secondary didn't have a good day. I think Justin Herbert, you know, averaged 7.8 yards per attempt. But you can only imagine that would have been higher if they weren't able to generate pressure or if the pressure had looked like it had been looking the last couple of weeks. So still probably not where they wanted, but it was it was just good enough to get the win today. Besides uh, those plays at the end, I mean, the, the real potential turning point could have been the end of that first half. The Raiders were leading. 14 to 7 with uh, there was a minute 45 to go and the Chargers were facing third and 16 and the Raiders called a timeout. They've been pretty good at the end of first half this year of especially when they're getting the ball to start the second half and maybe being able to get a late score and you know what John Gruden's thinking right there. He and maybe I can get at least get a field goal, take a 17-7 lead, then get the ball to start the third quarter and really try to put this away. Well, obviously the Raiders, we know the Raiders defense is not you know, they make a few plays here and there. They made some timely plays here, obviously, but they haven't been good. And they give up that third and 16. And, you know, what do you know? Not not long after that, uh, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, 27 yard touchdown. And, and we've got a tie ball game. And then I think the biggest surprise becomes after that, you know, 26 seconds left and the Raiders are going to be aggressive. They're going to actually go for trying to to score here before the half ends. Screen pass to Hunter Renfro, and then on second down, line up, and, and they run a deep pass. Uh, They're going to try to attempt a deep pass to Darren Waller. And uh, You hear Derek Carr talk about it after the game. It was there. It was going to be a 70-yard touchdown. But, of course, we mentioned they played this game without both of their starting offensive tackles, and Carr didn't have enough time to be able to get the pass off, get strip sacked, and they gave away three points. And that felt like you know, to go from 14-7 to in a flash down 17-14 of the half. That's how games turn. But the way the Raiders were able to come out at the start of the third quarter and score back-to-back touchdowns and take an 11-point lead, uh, that showed some resiliency. And, and Derek Carr said he was mad. He was mad about what happened there at the end of the half. And we've seen in the past when Derek Carr plays mad that he can uh, play pretty well. Yeah, you got to do something like uh, remember a big John Henderson used to get slapped in the face before a game. Someone's got to slap Derek Carr around a little bit because uh, he does play well when he's mad, I think. Uh, and I think, you know, I, again, it's, it shows your resiliency, the whole team, not just Derek Carr, but definitely John Gruden's been stressing how tough they are. And it's been impressive. It's probably the biggest reason why they're 5-3. They're you know, I was really surprised looking at Derek Carr's numbers after the game. He only he threw for less than 200 yards. But he made a lot of impact plays, made a lot of plays out of structure with his legs. You know, was able to buy some time with that big Hunter Renfro throw on third down. He even had a diving diving run for a first down a la New Orleans in 2016. Uh, so this was this was a really good game for Derek Carr, especially losing both tackles like that. Yeah, it was, a, it was just an impressive performance. It's kind of opposite of his, you know, how he has those games sometimes where maybe he passes for 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns and it looks good on paper, but he didn't actually play that well. But it's kind of opposite of that. You know, his, his stats look less than pedestrian, but I thought I thought he played a, a really good game. And, and that's what Gruden said afterwards. You know, I wouldn't say it was a game manager type game, but, you know, because he, he made some explosive plays when they needed to that really, you know, keyed, keyed that second half run ahead. 
him and Nelson Aguilar. I mean, obviously this team drafted Henry Ruggs there in the first round to be the the deep threat, the guy that stretches the defense. But right now, Derek Carr and Nelson Aguilar have a better rapport. Those guys are just on the same page more than Carr is with Henry Ruggs, who didn't have a catch today. To connect with him on that 45-yard touchdown, we're just seeing... Obviously, another huge game out of Devontae Booker was their leading rusher today. For all the talk about how the free agents on defense have been disappointing, and you know we will note that Carl Nassib had a sack and made a couple plays today, and Nick Kwiatkowski played another really good game today. But uh, Devontae Booker and Nelson Aguilar have really uh, been two just, they were under the radar free agent signings at the time, but those guys continue to step up and play really well. I was going to say that uh, you mentioned Ruggs and, uh, and Gruden said like you have to get him some more work on the, the white lines drills. He had another big play today where he wasn't able to get his feet in bounds. So I think the trying is there, but there's not like a huge sense of urgency because you mentioned Aguilar's playing so well. And Renfro is always a threat. I mean, he and Carr have definitely, definitely chemistry. So, and I think that there's enough guys on offense where you don't need Ruggs to necessarily contribute right now, but you like, would like him to. You'll definitely want to get it worked out at some point because he, he has the ability to really make some plays down the field. One area that Ruggs does struggle in is getting off press coverage. It's not something that he was great at at uh, Alabama. I mean, he was able to just beat guys with his athleticism, but, you know, his technique wasn't that great. And, you know, you could see him kind of struggling with it right now in the pros. And, you know, sometimes it takes a while to learn that. I mean, you know, obviously he has game-changing speed and he can make those contested catches. But, you know, a, a guy like Aguilar, who kind of has a similar body type, uh, he can learn a lot from how to get off press from him. But uh, like you said, he doesn't have to make a huge impact right now. It's clear that he does still affect the defense because they know where he is and they, they you know, try to get a guy over top of him because they know he has dangerous speed. You know, he doesn't have to have a thousand yard receiving season for him to make an impact on this team. Yeah, I was really impressed by the run game. I mean, you know, they averaged 6.2 yards per carry, which is their high for the season. And that comes in a game where they were down three starting offensive linemen and you know the Chargers aren't the best run defense in the world but they're about average I think they came into the game 13th in the league in rush defense and so for them to have 160 yards and a couple of touchdowns on the ground I mean I think that you know we, t- we talked about Carr but I think that was the driving force of their offense today and and when they're able to run the ball well and you know that that's, that's able to balance out their defensive struggles a little bit when you just limit the opportunities the other team has and, and kind of grind out those long drives. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ted mentioned the two out-of-structure plays on that, on that. It was that second drive of that third quarter where the third down pass to Renfro, where I think everybody watching that sees Carr kind of scrambling around buying time, and we don't have the all-22 when we're watching it on... on on live TV. So for, for Vic and Tashawn being at the game, you guys you know, probably saw uh, Renfro break deep, but as you're watching on TV, you're like, run car, run. And you see him load up to throw and your, your first reaction is what the hell is he doing? But obviously that was great job of him just kind of directing traffic and, and telling Hunter Renfro to go deep and, and being able to launch it and just really showing a, a nice aggressive side. And, and then of course the, the scramble for the first down where uh, he was going to be maybe a yard or so short, but, uh, but went airborne to, uh, to get it. And uh, that was, that's a confident Derek Carr you see out there. Yeah. He compared that play to Renfro to a play he made to uh, Michael Crabtree against at Jacksonville. I'm not sure if that was 2016 or not, but you definitely see his old confidence coming back. He's making plays not only in the pocket, but outside the pocket. And he's, risking his body, which he didn't do after he got hurt for a while. So definitely he's showing all the signs that uh, his confidence and his uh, his courageousness is at, you know, back at all-time highs for him. Yeah, I think uh, John Gruden might sit him down tomorrow. They'll be like, all right, guy, this is your, your second week in a row doing some, some wild, wild stuff running the football. So especially with their backup quarterback situation, I think they, they probably want Derek to start, start sliding on a couple more of those. Hey man, they've got a seven and a half million dollar third string quarterback. They're, they're See, in shape. You, bring, you brought it up this time. I haven't brought it up two, two times in a row. I've not brought it up. I'm saying that as a positive. Yeah, they have that people insurance say it's policy me. back it's there. Not, it's not just He's me, got though. A great you guys insurance do it too. Policy back there. Come you on. guys do it too. It's not just me. Make that insurance policy. Make those runs instead of Derek Carr. How about that? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> man, just run the ball. All right, done. Come on. Good job. If we look at. This game, though, there was one point where it got scary. Obviously, the the Chargers score and, and make it 28-26. Kind of a, a little bit of an odd decision on the two-point conversion. You know, Justin Herbert got shaken up on the, the play in which they scored the touchdown. And so he had to come out of the game. Now, the Chargers did have the option. They could have called a timeout for him to, uh, to be able to stay in. They didn't. Oh, really? They, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you call a timeout, that allows you to put the guy back in there. That's a bad call them by Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn had a tough – I can see why they've, they've blown so many leads the last four weeks. He's a – whew, that, that clock management at the end was uh, pretty remarkable. Wow, so you could have called timeout and had Herbert back in there? Could have called timeout and had Herbert back in there. Instead uh... – Instead they said, hey, hey Tyrod, just run around for a while until you see something and then try and score. Go ahead. It almost looked like he was, and then uh, – I mean, 
we've seen Raider linebacker tackling. I told you, Vic, for a lot of years, and most. There we go. All right. I, I mean, <laughs> Vic is right. He did run right into him. I mean, it wasn't the hardest. Like, oh, no, Ted, Ted Sweet, don't want to see how far he ran right into him. See how far he ran right into his arms. We grade on a curve here. I don't know how many Raider linebackers of the past ten years actually make that tackle. You got to take a good angle to make it look easy. You know. <laughs> to make a guy run right into you. Boje Philomahatu <laughs> makes that tackle. <laughs> Linebackers coach at Utah State now. Um, but anyways. Yes? Oh, wow. He was at San Jose right. State, and then he uh, moved, uh, went back to Utah State. As almost uh, good for Boje. We are nice. on a Boje tangent here, and that's that's random. So then after that touchdown, the Raiders go three and out. And I think that looked like, well, kind of went three and out. That looked like it could have been a really deflating moment. The muffed punt, Kyle Wilbur, the special teams captain, comes up with that. And that's another kind of thing that that is a little bit of a sign of this kind of pointing back to to some of that 2016 magic is it takes luck in some in some instances to win games and you get a muff punt there that you're able to recover after you go on a potentially deflating three and out uh that was just a huge break for them yeah i mean i think when you're on the road and you um you know you're missing your two tackles you need some breaks and and they got it and you could also argue that that fumble towards the end of the first half should have never happened. That was a really questionable decision for that to happen. Both Carr and Gruden swear that Waller was running wide open down the field. I haven't seen the, the, like, the tape yet, but uh, they say he was wide open for a 70-yard touchdown pass if Carr has two more seconds. Two more seconds? That's a long time. A long time. <laughs> All right, one, one point, one point two more seconds. Half, another half a second, maybe. Half a second. I, I think maybe both coaches were just kind of uh, trying to see who could manage the game uh, a little bit worse. Uh, I mean, that was that was not the smoothest end of half decision-making from Gruden, obviously, but uh, they get a win, and that that's really, at the end of the day, all that matters. And, I mean, you know, this was part of the talk after the game is the way they went and won in Cleveland last week in the rain and and sleet and all that and the way they kind of overcame obstacles here. I mean, you know, Vic, I, you particular have been, been hard on them at times when they make excuses for a lot of stuff, and this was a game where they could have made excuses, and, and they didn't. Oh, definitely. You give them full full credit, full kudos. And they're 5-3 and three without Trent Brown. Richie Incognito most of the year. Damon Arnett, the first-round pick, hasn't played what, in five weeks, I want to say. Uh, other injuries besides that. So definitely uh, they've shown some good resolve, a good depth. I, mean, I didn't think the depth was that great going into the year, but obviously it's better than I thought it was, and the coaches have done a nice job. So, I mean, Brandon Parker got a game ball today along with um, Isaiah Johnson, and Brandon Parker has really stepped up the last two weeks. So, I mean, the guy I thought was, uh, kind of, to be honest, kind of dead weight in the roster. He's definitely proved me wrong. I thought Sam Young really struggled in this game, and – yeah, you know, Parker wasn't perfect, but he's a right tackle, switch over to left, and wasn't a wreck. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he was better than that. Wasn't a wreck. He was solid. Come on, man. What do you guys think of watching Justin Herbert live for the first time? I mean, obviously this guy is, is going to be somebody the Raiders going to see for a long time. And, uh, you know, despite not having a, a good offensive line at all, he's, uh, he's pretty special. I thought it was all right. Deshaun, what do you think? Yeah, that was pretty good. Like, you can see the potential. Like, he definitely... Like just looking at the numbers, I, I think you might get caught when you watch him in person. Like he, you can definitely tell he's still a rookie. Like even with the clock management, like I know we put that on Lynn, but it's like he's just kind of standing around, no sense of urgency, just you know, kind of like a, you know, just looking like a rookie. You know, he like doesn't know what to do at all times, and uh, he didn't make any many mistakes today. I didn't think he threw any questionable passes or, or near interceptions, but you know, he, he obviously has a bright future ahead. But 
you know, I, I think we've seen some some talk about him being like an upper echelon QB already. I don't, I don't know about all that yet, but, you know, he, he looks pretty good. I will say the last two passes were definitely good passes. I mean, definitely he threw potential game-winning passes. I mean, I think Williams probably should have had the first one, but um, second one, Johnson made a great play on. But those balls were in a good spot, and that's where you want those balls for, for those those last two plays. I watched a lot of Herbert this, this year. He's actually on pace to break the uh, rookie touchdown pass record. So I've been really impressed with Herbert, and this game was probably not his best game, but even then he still put up pretty impressive production. You know, if Herbert does keep developing, I mean, we've seen quarterbacks start hot before and kind of fizzle out, but if he develops, then you got Patrick Mahomes and you got, you know, Justin Herbert in the division. It just makes it tough that the Raiders have to face, you know, these guys four times a year. Hey, man, don't, don't forget about Drew Locke, man. Come on now. He almost came back on the Falcons today. <laughs> I'm not buying Lock stock. I'm not buying um, Lock stock. <laughs> I love that we have a Drew Locke fan in the Raiders beat crew. That's, that's true. Raider fans are going crazy right now. I love it. I love it. Before we get out of here, you know, one of my favorite moments of the postgame was, uh, you know, Isaiah Johnson's postgame Zoom. Uh, he gets up there and, you know, he's like, I've, I've never done this before. Like, he, he didn't really know what he was doing as he's sitting down. But it was kind of fun to just see him kind of enjoy that moment and, and be really fired up. Obviously, he talked about uh, the week he had that Derek Carr had referenced earlier where um, one of his uh, his close friends, uh, called him a younger brother type, uh, had passed away during the week and then uh, has this game. And I love when he was talking about why he was celebrating even before everybody else. Cause like I, I saw the play. I knew what happened. Like they're already, they're, they're celebrating. I know we won and I'm going to enjoy that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Just, uh, just hearing from him after the game, because uh, you just kind of could see just a guy that that's really getting to enjoy his first like big NFL moment. Yeah. He's a really fun guy. I remember talking to him last year when he, he broke his face in the preseason game. I mean, he's still in really good spirits about it and told me all about it in detail and just a really fun, fun guy. Just very young, obviously very excited about where he is and what's to come. But uh, definitely it's a great, a great game for him. Definitely, uh, I guess what we all said, hopefully it's where he can build off this and play more and, and make more plays. All right. Well, the Raiders are heading back to Las Vegas. They will uh, be taking on the Denver Broncos next week. Big week for Devontae Booker, the former uh, Bronco. Hey, we who- called it. We called it here. Who called what? You called you called Devontae Booker having a big game? I thought we all did, but all right, you, if you don't want the credit, Vic, you know, it's all we did? good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We all called it. We all called Booker. I think we, we talked about, that. like, get, getting right. more guys involved that they would. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We called know, it. Had, we uh, called Booker. the load right, off of Jacobs after the 31 carries. My uh, bad, my bad, my bad. I remember called I, it, I called, called, you know, that they should try hand the ball off to Henry Ruggs at least a little bit. And he, he had one carry. Go. So I was got excited when I saw that. But, Ted, you, uh. You you changed your prediction from the podcast you had a Raiders win. Did by I? the time we went to print, you changed oh, it to yeah, a, a Raiders well, loss. Well, because of Colton Miller news. Oh. I because uh, I didn't I didn't I thought Colton Miller was in uh, play. So Colton Miller cost him like fourteen points. You took like two touchdowns off the board just because of Colton Miller. Well, I mean, it was going from Colton Miller to Brandon Parker at left tackle. That was a big drop off. Oh. But, but he played well. He played well. Damn, he played well. Parker. He played well. He wasn't a wreck. Good Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the news that kind of came out Sunday morning on Trent Brown looks like they're not going to have him for a while. Um, complications from the the COVID nineteen, and that's um, that's obviously going to be a blow. But they've gotten to this point so far, mostly without him. I mean, he really only played one game, so they have kind of proven they they have the depth. And we'll see if Colt Miller comes back. Uh, what they do at right tackle, whether that's uh, Brandon Parker or where or whether that's uh, Sam Young, who was what, what what was he Ted? He was. What was your term? My short-term memory is bad, but he, he was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> he was not. He was not good. <laughs> <Just breaking. laughs> uh, and then obviously we'll have to monitor out throughout the week with Alec Ingold. Um, as Vic mentioned, he uh, watched the end of the game from the hospital after injuring his ribs. So uh, the Raiders may need to sign a fullback. They're out there, though. A lot of fullbacks are available. <laughs> not that many are being used in the NFL. So if you're a fullback, send your resume to... Uh, Las Vegas. It does. It does seem a little unusual that they, since they are a team that relies so much on one, that they don't have one on on the expanded practice squad. That's a good point because you got sixteen guys in the practice squad. Do you think? Can they go get Rod uh, Smith back? I don't know where is he at. Well, he kind of went back and forth between tailback and fullback. But and if you sign a guy, you got to wait. How long do you have to wait? Yeah, you can't get one for five days, right? I think it's five days. Yeah, so you'd have they got to get on it tomorrow. And the, he can't practice, so it's gonna be it'll be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they might not have a fullback next week. Maybe they use Foster Moreau at fullback or something. Yeah, they probably have to do some kind of H back thing. Uh, oh well, they got Drew Locke, so uh, we'll see what they can do against Deshaun's guy. <laughs> 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 All right, I think that'll wrap up our post game edition of State of the Nation. Uh, your Raiders are five and three after taking down the Los Angeles Chargers, and uh, they. They're one win away from clinching a playoff spot, according to our uh, our formula that we came up with, thanks to a question from somebody uh, a few weeks ago. So one win away from a playoff spot, guys. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. 100%. Put your money on it, but don't blame All right. us. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you later in the week as Tashawn tells you everything you need to know about Drew Locke and the Raiders get set to take on the Denver Broncos next Sunday in Vegas. All right, y'all. Peace. Later. Adios.